What's up, guys? Welcome to the sesh. Rob. Hey, everybody. We're back. So today we have a special guest. Melissa, introduce yourself and let everybody know what you do and how you do this stuff. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So my name is Melissa Gauna, and I am a nutritionist with a background in holistic nutrition or functional nutrition. And I've been in the Valley since about 2015. So I didn't grow up here, uh, but I've been here since 2015. And I must say that no, I love it here. I really do. I've awesome. We, we love the Valley. Uh, <laughs> the reason I asked you on is because I, we stumbled upon a video a while back about McAllen being the most obese city in the nation. Now, take a minute to think about that. Yeah, it's the most obese city in the nation. Yes. Nation. And our goal as a studio was obviously to give back positivity in the world and try to help people as much as we possibly can mm-hmm. through our efforts doing digital creation or whatever we do, right? We want to have an impact on the world in a positive way. So we came up with a very ambitious goal of helping 100,000 people in the Rio Grande Valley live a healthier lifestyle through nutrition and fitness. And we both have gone through a fitness journey. We have. And uh, we've changed our eating. And uh, it's been a a monumental... how do you say this? <laughs> it's it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge. I'm, I. It's a beneficial um, thing, though. Like, oh, absolutely. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I've ever embarked on something so physically and mentally demanding that I profited from so much. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms so of worth it, right? of wellness. Yeah. There's exactly. there's like when you start mixing in the right foods to the right workout regimens. Um. Just your life is enlightened. It's enriched. Absolutely. I don't even know how to explain it. You're, I'm sore every day, and the days that I'm not, I feel like I'm lacking something. And when I eat poorly, which I do often, fall into that. As many of us do. Black hole of barbacoa <laughs> and all this stuff. I do. I do. I trip over uh, my upbringings and, and, and fall yeah. into the traditional stuff. You know, there's menudo in the house and, well, you know, whatever. So... But talking about that nutritional or that fitness journey, when your body starts realizing that you're growing muscle and and growing mentally and then being aware of what you eat, your body will start demanding the right foods from you. And and it gets to the point to where you eat crappy and... You feel the crappiness in you, like you're it's well, the thing, more self-aware. Yeah, right? it's so surreal, man. How your body like, feels. Yeah, and like you become, I at least, over the last eight months since we started working out, I realized that I have learned to silence my body's language to me. If you can get that, like I just don't. It's I, a big piece. Yeah, I stopped paying attention really to what is. my body was telling me, man. Like yeah. legit, like I just ignored it. If my stomach hurt, I say it's this or it's that. But no, it's literally what you're consuming. It's literally what you're putting in your well, body. The thing is, it takes so long to get the results that you want, like to physically look at yourself in the mirror and say, yeah. okay, this is working. It took me at least five months to get comfortable with that. So, We're so used to like those instant results, like overnight, we want to lose weight now, right? Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, if we yeah. don't see results in like a week or two, we give up. Yeah, we're disillusioned and demoralized because you yeah. beat your ass for those two, three weeks and you know, you got you got calluses and, yeah. and just sweat stains on your t shirts and stuff and it's just like it's for not it's for nothing. Right. But the truth of the matter is is that um, consistency and faith in the process will render results. That you just, will get results. Yeah, that you'll you just inevitably our bodies are built 
to respond to eating the right way and labor intensive exactly. days. Exactly. You know, we have to get out of our own way, right? How do we do that though? I don't so know. for for McAllen to be the most obese city in the nation, and and that's just McAllen. This is the same McAllen. Everybody in the Rio Grande Valley eats the same stuff. Right. I think they group together McAllen and the uh, surrounding cities. And, yeah, Edinburgh. This so way. let me ask you this question: How do we fight? obesity in the Rio Grande Valley? That How is, deep does that go? Right. That's a very complex question. And I, and I don't by any means, uh, you know, intend to, you know, uh, that I have all the answers, right? Uh, by observation, from my experience, uh, I did, um, I've worked in a clinical setting in a, a local uh, clinic working with overweight, uh, obese patients there in the clinic. Um, and so I've learned a lot, mm -hmm. right? Uh, by I've learned a lot from people who've grown up in the area. Like I said, I'm not, I didn't grow up here, but I've, I've learned a lot. And, you know, it, there's so many, so many issues. And I feel like this might be like the perfect storm. This area might be like the perfect storm for a number of reasons of why we're in this situation and it's going to take you know all hands on deck the entire to get community us yeah, out. to get us out yeah. community effort local officials state officials you know uh supporting i mean i have some ideas on, on what can help us obviously education is 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 really uh, lacking and, and really needed to educate the public but more support in the community more um you know supporting small farms or, or, you know, community gardens, you know, so people have access to whole foods. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to, I mean, obviously you drive around here, fast foods everywhere. everywhere. Absolutely. I mean, the number of restaurants, our access to food, like we, there's no struggle there. Like we have access <clears throat> to food. And because of the way that the food industry, right, I like to say has hijacked our foods and has hijacked our taste buds as well, right? It's like we don't want anything unless it's super sweet or super salty, mm -hmm. right? If you have someone who's addicted to sugar, which it's a huge, huge Think part of this, here, the yeah. addiction to sugar uh, from sodas, beverages, juices, and things like that, and you try to get them to eat broccoli, I mean... I struggle eating broccoli to this day. Yeah, I mean, or any, you know, replace that with any vegetable. Mm -hmm. Maybe fruit you can get away with because, you know, it's naturally sweet. Mm -hmm. But when you're trying to get people to switch to whole foods after, you know, they're addicted to processed foods. Addicted is the key word. Yeah. Addicted is the key word. And your body that craves food it. companies do this intentionally. They spend a lot of money, right, researching how to make us addicted to these foods, these snack foods. Uh, you know, I think there's even a saying for, I can't remember what, what food it is, like you can't have just one, you can't eat just one. Potato right? chips, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what they do. These, these foods are marketed, um, you know, and even to children, right? So we start them young, you know, we start them on the sodas. So they're addicted already, stuff, yeah. right? So when you ask, well, what do we do? It's like, that's, that's, a, that's a difficult that's a question, question, but we have to... Um, you know, lots of education and parents, we have to model, you know, this behavior for our kids. You know, do we have fruits and vegetables at home? These whole foods, are we even cooking at home? Most people aren't cooking enough at home, are making their own meals. I would say that a lot of people 
don't know how to cook nowadays. And it's very interesting because we come from such a, a, a border town where we're used to Mexican cuisine, Tex-Mex cuisine. And I remember growing up, my, my mom would cook Mexican food all the time, my grandma. And it's somewhere between that time, it was lost. intensive, right? And they enjoyed it. I mean, my mom as well. My mom, you know, was a stay-at-home mom. We'd get home from school and it was like everything was home-cooked caldos de res, you know, mm-hmm. things that took hours, you know, but they enjoyed it. It was like a labor of love. That It's almost like we're losing that, right? Because everything is convenience. We've uh, sacrificed that for convenience, and, and we want things now. And then plus society, the way, the way we, you know, now it's like work, 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 work. We don't have time. Right. So what do we do? It's just easier to go through the drive-thru, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Those are things that we have to look at when we say, well, how do we tackle this issue? Well, I'll tell you what, when I talked to my therapist, she was talking about how uh, when we're children, we're a product of our environment. When we grow up. It's, yeah. it's absolutely true. And I, I've seen this year and year again. And the reason I bring that up is because we're, we're teaching our kids right. these habits. And how do we start at the beginning? How do we break that cultural divide? Like, how do we do that? I'm asking. Great. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm so glad I'm not you because I don't, wouldn't know how to answer that. Like, I, literally, as you're talking, I'm thinking we're screwed. We're yeah. Screwed. I mean, this at the surface level, are I, we screwed? I try to stay positive, but, you know, sometimes, you know, I do think about that and it's just like, it's overwhelming. because we're so convinced that these, that these are foods when in reality, these aren't even real foods. You know, some of these, I'm talking about like processed foods, things that kids are eating today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when I say education, it's like some kids can't even, they, if you give them a picture, they can't even point out, like they, they don't even know what vegetables these are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, lots of education. I mean, it has to start at home. We can't blame it all on the school and just, Give all that burden to the schools and say, teach my kids about food. That starts at home, right? Yeah. Buying the whole foods, right? But if they see us eating the chips and going through the drive-thru and we've got, you know, sodas everywhere, and then you expect your kid to eat a vegetable or eat, you know, a whole food, um, then it's not going to work. So really, I think there has to be like a... Intervention. Collective mindset shift of what is food what am i eating right and then as you said you know learning to really uh, eating with intention like what is on my plate is this even food mm-hmm. right who cooked this meal Where i would come be from? as bold as saying that most of the real grand valley people don't give a shit they'll go get I, their I hot have, cheetos their takis you know what you're exactly you're am i right. right and because those foods are highly addictive Right. And then when I say our food has been hijacked, also uh, what I mean by that is so when you think of Mexican food, right, we have the, you know, our Mexican culture. Um, what's that one food staple that you think of when, you know, Mexican tacos, food? tacos, what's what is it? Tortilla, the corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, a lot of us love flour around here. Okay, oh, but- that's true. <laughs> that's Wait true. a minute. Is is corn a good thing to eat? Well, what I'm saying, it's not the corn of, it's not our traditional food in this sense that when I say it's been hijacked, most corn in this country is genetically modified. It's processed. So that means genetically modified seeds, which which means it's grown to produce its own pesticide. Hmm. Oh, wow. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's on Which defense against the pest. Which that job, obviously, is, is when insects eat it, it ruptures their stomach. It kills the insects. And it stays in the fruit. And, you know, the, these, the company that sells these GMO seeds that has, you know, that owns, they claim that by the time that we eat it, that we consume it, that it's no longer present. And hmm. yet, when studies have been done on rats, right, animal studies, these rats get cancer, organ failure, tumors, they get obese. So that is another layer just piled on to another reason why we're such an obese, you know, area of the country. We eat lots of corn. It's our culture. I was going to say, we, growing up, I was a hog farmer. My dad had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hogs. And it was a, they weren't free roaming. They were all under a roof, a tin roof on right. cement. And we would literally ground up corn, whole corn, and right. feed them maize to fatten them up. Right. And so, so yes, what makes us think that us that eating it's healthy. it is going yeah. to make us thin? My yeah. wife would tell me, order, order corn tortillas. And I was like, that's what we give the pigs to fatten them up. It's yeah. like, what are you talking about? Corn is not really any better, I think, than flour in terms of... Well, right, because it's nothing compared or it's not like our, the corn of our ancestors, ancestors. Yeah. right and wow. then you add to that for example what has been the traditional fat in cooking for grandparents great-grandparents lard lard mm -hmm. what has that been replaced with i don't processed know. vegetable oils hydrogenated vegetable oils you don't know what partially hydrogenation. So it's a vegetable oil that's they pump hydrogen gas and make it a solid, right? Because they want to mimic a solid fat, right? But it, it's very cheap, extends shelf life of products is why they use it. It's very cheap. Nothing like Are you cooking with lard at home? Am, yeah, I actually do. Really? <laughs> I use butter, lard, yes, because they've convinced us that those foods are bad. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, the low-fat craze back, I don't know if it was the 50s or 60s, that was based on faulty science. Look up Ansel Keys. His studies, he picked out what he wanted to, you know, show. Was that it, it, we're blaming fat instead of the sugar. What Interestingly, he wanted to weed out and what yeah. he wanted to promote. Interestingly enough, you see that on YouTube videos all the time with fitness instructors and fitness influencers and nutrition influencers. You see that so they can get the clicks and that information goes out to everybody and people just assume it's it's let me tell you something truth. i grew up watching my mom dip her fork into the white lard and was it white or is it crisco what it was white it was the the one that you see it all yeah the, 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 not the yeah the jug little, of it. yeah a tub like a little white and green tub i forget i can see it in my head but i can't think of the name okay. but it just said lard on it okay mm -hmm. it might have been yeah true lard but you know all of that was replaced with like crisco marketing oh no yeah no to Mom sell never us on the fact the you know that that was healthier so now you walk into a popular tamale tamales right mm -hmm. when you get tamales down here you know where to go yeah right corn not the same you're thinking you're eating the same food that your grandma used yeah, to yeah, nice. make right would it, have you ever, anybody know what they're using for fat? Mm -mm. No idea. Yeah, you might want to ask. Wow. Not what was traditionally used. So you see what I'm saying? How yeah. our foods that we think, like we're not thinking, that we need to be asking the right questions. What have they done to our food? 
that's that may be contributing to the obesity rate. I, I, okay, I get that. We can't do anything I'm about so that. How, how, exactly. yeah, how do we eat then? And so my thing is that's where this huge mind shift has to change in terms of are we going to rely on the food industry, this huge food industrial complex to feed us? Mm -hmm. Or are we going to take ownership and start, I'm not saying change overnight, take more responsibility and say, you know, I'll grow my own tomatoes. It doesn't take a lot of space. My parents growing up in Oklahoma in our backyard, you know, grew tomatoes, peppers, okras, all kinds of stuff, right? Like, we're so detached from that. Yeah. But I think that if you truly want to say, okay, well, then how do we eat? What do we eat? Then maybe asking yourself, am I willing to take some ownership in, in what I feed myself and my family and say little by little supporting small farmers, organic farmers, or, you know, local um, farmers markets that have, you know, organic. Well, I think the vegetables. number one argument against that is organic is expensive. expensive. Exactly. Yeah. And, and again, that's why I say I don't have all the answers. And that's why. Well, I guess you kind of do because you say to grow your own stuff. I to mean, grow your own. Yeah. I mean, if uh, relatively local authorities or, you know, whoever would support small farmers or support, hey, I'm going to give you a couple of chickens or, you know, you can grow your own herbs. The thing is that the interest, the want has to be there. Yeah. To, I just don't think people realize how bad it is. Wow, I, we try. even even as you say that, <laughs> I still don't see how how big it is, a, a big of an issue. Right. Because I don't, I'm not from, I, I've never, I never dove into that industry. I've never seen right. it at, it's from the, the eyes worst that you have. <laughs> so we're eating fake yeah. food. Huh? For eating fake food oh, for the most part. It, yes, absolutely. Is it's food that I mean it's it resembles food. It's not food. It's not real food. I bought I invested um to me a substantial amount of money in in this thing that's called uh, a lettuce grow. Mm -hmm. Lettuce grow. You've seen it in yeah. my house. There you go. And and I we grow our own, you know, cilantro or you know, parsley, exactly. tomatoes. That's where you start. You start small. Well, the thing is is that <laughs> My argument to that is that it's not enough. Like, right, I, it's not enough. I, it's not enough to feed a family of four. Like, what you, what I'm harvesting is enough for one meal, and then I have to wait six, seven, eight, nine weeks for the next to batch. Get another bushel right. of, of a healthy bushel of kale, or or you but know, could you rainbow kale. Maybe moving into maybe where all your neighbors do the same thing. And then you could kind of swap out and barter maybe some See, of this It's funny stuff. because uh, by trade, I used to, uh, my father and I used to subdivide. Mm -hmm. And I always told him that. I always said, said, Dad, we have, you know, in West Local, we subdivided 72 acres. We had 364 lots. I told him, Dad, we should fence four lots, plot them out, and make it a community Farm. garden. Uh -huh. You know, so that people can come and everybody puts in their own time and they can come and, you know, have, have access to... And he said, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. We need to sell those lots so that we can you know, make right. money. Um, but I don't think that people are ever going to put the uh, emphasis on are we food. Are we climbing a, a, a hill that we cannot climb? Yes. Is, is that what we're doing? Is, is it I think easier so. just to throw in the towel already and say, oh, forget this? Or should we? I think it's worth trying. 100,000, getting 100,000 people to... 
Well, the thing oh, is, Rob, I mean, check this out. Like, like, see how the nutrition and fitness has impacted our lives. I used to snore all the time. I was yeah. tired all no, the time. Man, everything from just... I don't even know how to put it without sounding a little dumb or, or weird to people who don't understand it, but just the ability to be able to communicate and understand what your body's telling you mm -hmm. from is a huge is a thing. huge thing. Yeah, being yeah. more mindful. That's, yes, that's really uh, big right now. And yeah, you know, trying to and teach people everything from learning how to listen to your body, whether it's gas or aches or or back pains or whatever. It's all just relevant. Being able to tell when you're full, people. Uh, and I was reading uh, about this. We a lot of the our, our culture and in the U.S. base base it on external cues. We stop eating when the food's gone. The food's gone. The chips. Yeah. The, you run out of chips when the plates. You know mm -hmm. the food runs out on the plate. As you know, whereas other cultures are much more in tune to their bodies and they're they use more internal cues and they know when they're getting full, so they stop eating. That is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So. From learning how to communicate with your body and listening to it to a healthier libido to just being able to walk able, upstairs yeah feeling able to accomplish right. simple tasks is to me gosh worth worth the struggle in my own weight and goal but right? i just want to say this and it's amazing to me still that especially when I work in clinic with these patients, there is a lack of awareness. On so many people who do not realize that what they eat has a direct, direct impact on how they feel. And so I'm looking at a food journal, right? That's not whole foods, right? Mm -hmm. Processed foods. And then in the same sentence, I don't have any energy. I feel really bad. And yet they don't they don't so make they, the connection. They don't make the connection. So when I say education, yeah. it's part of it. It's understanding that everything you eat becomes a part, part of, of you. Part of you. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, it becomes yeah, a part yeah. of every cell in your body. You are what you eat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's I think, also um, part of it. I don't know where I've heard this, and I'm regurgitating it or plagiarizing it, but we are trained to live to eat. We're always looking forward to the next meal. Let's get lunch. What are we having for breakfast? I can't wait till dinner. Because that's where we gather at the table. Because our access to food. I mean, because we so have abundant. so much. It's yeah. so abundant. Yeah. We don't so, have to hunt or go gather or go kill a chicken. You know what I mean? It's just it's a matter of picking a place. Because accessibility. Yeah. So we live to eat. It's an event for us. Right. And I think we should have been trained to eat to, to live. live. Mm-hmm. Eat right. to live a good life. Eat to, to be healthy, to be stronger. Exactly. But we don't. We just, we live to eat. We live to take the picture of that, you know, bleed and stay. And we the, overeat. Yeah, yeah. and indulge. Because we so, miss those internal cues. Yeah. We don't have them. Nobody's teaching nobody's, us exactly. that. You know, nobody's teaching that. Nobody, it, it's a, it's sorely missed in, in, in young elementary uh, classrooms that they need to teach that we this is why we don't eat that. And I think it conflicts and they don't do it because some kids have no choice. Some kids have no choice but to eat that hot and ready pizza again yes. because mom's hauling ass home to right. four kids who are watching each other and she's just beat from two jobs and, right. and it's easier for me to pick up KFC and a bucket of chicken and some pizza because exactly. whatever than to get home 
and start peeling potatoes and cutting carrots and doing all of this stuff after a labor-intensive day. So I am completely disillusioned. I don't think McAllen's ever going to get off that list. Sad to hear. But I'll fight the good fight with you and we'll continue preaching about it. But I don't see, I don't see a light at the end of this tunnel because... There's a lack because there's a lack of education and because nope. you don't I, I don't see the leadership willing to take this on to tackle it. There aren't enough followers for there to ever be a leader because every household is under the same restraints. They don't have access to healthy food. They have access to shitty food. They don't have access to time because they're. They're fighting overworked. to yeah overworked um i think that to eat right and this sucks but to eat right you have to have some sort of ability to manage time mm -hmm. enough to allocate time to make the right decisions like, because right now we're doing this podcast i still have a 30 or 45 minute drive to harlingen to go to my next job you know and on the way you're going to pick up some fast I'm going to pick up something to eat. And it's either going to be a healthy shake or a cup of fruit or a cup of boiled eggs or it's going to be a Burger King, you know. Mm. And I don't think people really – it's out of sight, out of mind. And even though it's a constant thing, a presence in our life that if we eat shitty, we feel shitty, um, we're not putting any kind of emphasis on the time we spent deciding on whether or not we should eat this junk and nobody's teaching yeah. us to do that well what has helped me with my relationship with food was when i started alternate day fasting and we started doing it at the same time but it really showed me my relationship with food like how much i depended on it and then when i stopped doing it for five months it it kind of it stuck with me it, it stayed with me on on how i should be living this life and now i prepare my food and i think everybody has time on a sunday night before the week starts to put something together for the next few days family effort as well if we're depending on just one person in the family you know if you know, well then you go along the lines of where where nobody wants to eat healthy stuff if they're so used to eating to the way that, yeah, they man, have been eating for years well, exactly because now their taste buds like they don't they they're used to the processed foods and yeah. so but i think maybe i mean it just when it hits you it affects your health maybe it's like oh wow i i mean that's how i got into nutrition Right, I wasn't always into nutrition. I actually got my bachelor's in international business, and you know, was doing something else. It was because you had a health scare. I had a health issue. I was uh, diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. Um, had terrible skin eczema, dermatitis. That was, you know, I could get away with it on my hands or somewhere where I could hide it. It, it was now on my face, like just, you know, really bad. And was it a direct result of what you were feeding yourself? And yeah, I mean, eventually I learned that because I, I exhausted conventional medicine, medicine, like going mm -hmm. doctor to doctor to doctor. Basically, here's a prescription. Here's a cream. Here's an ointment. More foreign stuff to put into your body. And I thought, I can't live this way. I have to find... Why am, I, why am I getting this, right? So it wasn't until, I don't even know how I got into, uh, I think my sister had taken a course in nutrition. So I started, that intrigued me, right? Um, sparked an interest. And that's just, the rest is history. I started uh, studying holistic nutrition, where it was, you know, talk a lot about how food has a direct impact on how you feel. Gluten is, is, is a huge issue for people who have autoimmunity. Started removing the gluten and, you know, other things. And I started getting better. 
right? Which I started studying the nutrition just to help myself, right? Yeah. Like for selfish reasons. And mm -hmm. then, you know, to help my family. But then it was like, whoa, like there's so much stuff people don't know. So I made it like a career change and started studying, you know, uh, nutrition. So what is the number one thing that you, you, from your collective experience that you could touch on the subject, like, like the whole, all this time you've been studying and you've had all these feedback from everybody. What's the one thing that you can touch on that give us some insight? Insight into nutrition, health, everything. <laughs> is you know what that that's that's a very interesting question because so and this is because it's been a recent realization that you know so focused on on yes i mean food is important obviously and like a meal plan and what to eat and all that stuff when in reality what matters maybe even more are these other lifestyle choices like making sure you're getting enough sunlight are you exposed to natural light early in the day? Are you sleeping okay? All those things, if you're not doing any of those, it doesn't matter how good you eat. You I can because nope. I just found out very recently, I don't even know if I told you, that um, vitamin D and the lack of it is a really bad thing because it affects your energy level, it affects just your how mood, you, your mood. Your immune system. My wife, Judy, went to the doctor and she's just like, I'm just completely depleted every day. And granted, we have a business where we work at night. You know, yeah. our, our club is open all night. Mm -hmm. And they ran her blood and everything. And the doctor came back and told her, you have a alarmingly low amount of vitamin D on you. And they put her on a really, really High heavy. Dosage. Yes, like one pill a week. But it is a horse like, like the size units. the size of Jeez. this thing here it's huge and the doctor told her in in two to three weeks you're going to feel a substantial difference right in your energy and and sure enough she she just did so it's so funny how something so so far away affects this planet our sun in yes. such a magnificent yes. way exactly. you know and it's just we it's so far away with we're the We're indoors all day. Yeah. yeah. We're indoors yes. all day. And my wife was in, we're indoors so all day. We're so disconnected from nature, mm. right? Wow. And we need to get back to that. Um, so that interesting question, but I think that all these things like the sleep and the sunlight, those have to be in place first so that then your body can take advantage of the good nutrition, the whole foods, the good foods, right? Hopefully that you're accessing. <laughs> wow. So what are the most practical steps that somebody can take right now after listening to this podcast? What can they do, the practical steps to help them help live a healthier lifestyle? So start with the basics of really taking inventory. Am I getting enough sunlight? So ask, you know, really um, work on those lifestyle things. As soon as you wake up, expose your eyes to natural light. You know, step outside for a few minutes. If you can spend 10, 15 minutes in direct sunlight, I mean, go for a walk. You know, those are all, you don't have to join a gym. You can go for a walk in your neighborhood and you're, you know, you're exercising and you're exposing yourself to natural light. So that's good. Um, stress is a huge deal. So just it, even, in, I mean, these are free things that you could do. Incorporate breathing exercises. We need to tame our nervous system to feel safe, to feel calm, right? Mm -hmm. um, so those, you know, making sure you're getting enough sleep. What are we doing at night? We're on our screens. We're on our phones. Put that away. And these are things, again, that are free that you could do that 
can catapult your health like in big ways. And then focus, keep meals simple, right? Keep meals simple, but you have to be able to identify what's real food, right? So, um, so like single ingredient foods type of thing. Absolutely. In the morning, eggs, you know, maybe saute some spinach, maybe cut a grapefruit or some other fruit, something, right? It didn't have to be big, elaborate meals. People feel intimidated with cooking because they think it has to be like long, elaborate, time consuming. Not at all. Hard boil an egg, right? You know, something like that. Um, Incorporate cheaper cuts of meat. You know, we need to make sure we're getting, you know, I say we're protein from head to toe. We need to make sure we're getting enough protein for, you know, muscles and, you know, all kinds of things. We've lost taste for organ meats. We've lost taste for these cheaper cuts of meat because we think, you know, it has to be a steak, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's nice. I like a good steak myself. But I eat beef heart, beef liver. I eat, you know, chicken livers or whatever. These are, you know, cheaper cuts that are highly nutritious and yet people... You know, pass up on them. They I, I don't, don't. I don't tend to mess with those. Yeah, that's yeah, true. You, but you only see because I don't. I wouldn't know what the hell to do with a beef. Right. Heart. It just you throw it in a crock pot, and make it barbacoa. Okay. <laughs> a heart? I did that with a tongue. I didn't know. I didn't yeah, even know that was that. an you option with, with beef the... tongue as well. But beef tongues is is pricey. We grew up. My parents, uh, like I said, I grew up in Oklahoma. Uh, we had a Mennonite community in a small town in Oklahoma. I don't know what we, that is. Uh, Amish. Amish. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I did. It no, that's to, okay. To um, and so we got beef tongues for like a dollar. Wow. wow. You, how much are they now? I don't yeah, know. They're, they're, they're expensive. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like yeah, 13, they're, 14 they're, pound, like dollars a pound or something. Yeah, I don't you know. Can't, yeah, yeah, right. They're, they're so, I mean, those are some of the traditional foods that I grew up on. Every Sunday was caldo de res. You're simmering the bones. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting, you know, bone broth in like the keto world and, you know, mm-hmm. paleo. It's, it's, you know, when you simmer the bones, you're getting, you know, some nutrients, mm-hmm. collagen and things like that. So, anyway, keep it simple. <clears throat> you know, I always say, did it roam the earth? Did it grow out of the ground or did it swim in the ocean? And if the answer is no to any of those, don't eat well, it. Well, I mean, not don't eat it, but let's focus. Be more mindful. Let's think about it. <laughs> cook more at home. Yeah, I know the time wise. I know that. You see, but you start small. But you say that, and I'm thinking, my mom never cooked healthy, man. I got home to deep fried flautas and, <laughs> and like you know, like it's just steaks and. The, but the thing is, it doesn't mean you give up. You, it's, it's, you start small and start incorporating little things that are going to make, you know, that can make an impact. Like you said, you, everybody has time on a Sunday night. I don't know. Do you? Can you yeah. batch cook? Can you prepare your proteins? Can you roast some vegetables that way you're just heating up during the week or carrying your lunch with you? I, I don't think that this is going to... Um I almost kind of want to say that it's a generational thing because as we grow older and people become more aware, like yourself, Melissa, then I think that naturally when you have the kind of information that you have, it's free, you can get it, but people don't take the time, you almost have no choice but to abide by it. And I just think that I don't know what you know, you know, so I don't fear food. You, You actually have a fear of food. You say... Things like they hijacked our food, it's pesticides, and there are all these negative things. You've cultivated enough information or come about enough information that you're not only avoiding the food because you know it's not going to do anything for you, 
you also know it's going to hurt you. And I don't think that people realize that when a kid's eating a Happy Meal, the last thing on that kid's mind is this shit's Ask. messing up my stomach. Exactly. You know. So right. how do you how do you combat that? I, I I really really do feel helpless right now. I feel like this shit is it's 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 just going to have to fade itself out until enough people, enough people are get aware. Sick and then maybe become aware of some of these things. Well, that's but the it, thing. You know, There's so many sick people already. Already. Yeah, but nobody's pointing the fingers to the big food companies. Nobody, everybody's pointing the fingers to different stuff. Right. And these, cigarettes, emissions, all kinds of All these chemicals and the plastics. I mean, these are obesogens. They're endocrine disruptors. Word. Exactly. Yeah. Obesogens. That means they contribute to obesity because they mess up our hormones. They're endocrine disruptors. And that's in our food system. So that's why I say they've hijacked our food. Yeah. So they, you know what I mean? So hopefully, you know, it's keep it simple. Try to stay away from processed foods as much as possible. You know, boxed, bagged food, you know, stay. Do you have children? I have two boys, yes. You have two boys. And I struggle. I struggle. I was going to say, that has to be miserable. I have two children as well. Yeah. Miko's 23, Miko's 20, and... I couldn't get them to eat healthy if, if, and their life does depend on it. And I still can't get them to eat healthy. Yeah. They want, you know, the cons. They want the the Chinese instant gratification. That's that's what it exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah, they want because the flavor. They weren't taught. I mean, they and they weren't taught in school. And then plus the the school food is 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 <laughs> atrocious. Wow. So I mean, so yeah, I mean, it is a little disheartening. But at the same time, there has to be some glimmer, something of hope. Right. Wow. So having this knowledge, I don't want to say it's, I mean, not necessarily fear, but kind of empowering to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do what I can do. Does that mean I don't eat out ever? Of course I eat out. Mm-hmm. Do I sometimes eat the GMO corn? Absolutely. Because I, I don't have a choice. If I go somewhere, you know, uh, or to someone's home, I'm not going to, hey, is this not GMO corn? Yeah. You know, filter your water. I mean, hey, is this filtered water? I mean, I do ask in restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, but if I go to someone's home, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So what, you what are the do waiters? what you can. I feel like I'm trying to empower people to take a little bit more responsibility and to do start where you are. If you are on a limited I, fixed income, you know, instead of the white bread, maybe let's try to get away from so much bread. Buy the, sardines are so cheap. You know, people, but people don't eat that. I almost feel like people are, are offended if you try to tell them how to eat or, or explain, like, this is how you should be eating. I, and I feel it's specifically from the Rio Grande Valley. Like, if you try to tell some, okay, well, let me, let me ask you this. How does the word, and I, it probably won't affect you, but how does the word fat and obese make you feel? Imagine saying that to somebody that's fat and obese. Yeah. Like I, I know the I know the challenge that we're going forward, and I know since the fact that I'm saying fat and obese, it's going to alienate a lot of people because they automatically think it's a negative thing, and they take offense to it, and that right there is going to shut off people's minds, and then they're going to stop listening. The point is is to try to help people realize, like you know, this is our area. We need to live a healthier lifestyle because our family members. I've never seen more people die through social media like i see like people passed away like in the past few years it's kind of crazy like you're starting to see uh the amount of people that have passed away and it could be from depression or from 
from a number of things, diabetes, you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting topic specifically for the Rio Grande Valley. So I'm hoping that our campaign, 100,000 Strong, will help empower people. Get people moving, get people exercising. That's, you know, one of the best ways to hopefully, <laughs> you know, encourage people to get healthy is get yeah. moving. It's like we were physiologically created for movement. Yeah, we're for labor-intensive lives. Yeah. Sitting around, you know, so Sedative. getting people moving, natural light, hopefully real food, just simple foods, simple eggs, you know? I mean, it's, it, yeah, I mean, I know it's complicated, but. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's definitely I'm, complicated. <laughs> but I'm shocked, man, because there, there's really, there's really not much you it's can do. It's an uphill do. battle here. Yeah, man, like, <laughs> Exposing the truth here. Pushing a slimy stone up this hill, like this is gonna suck because every person you tell you're combating tradition. You're combating um, culture, a way of life. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It, it's what has become a way of life. What has become right? yeah over uh, the and, last few yeah. And it's me. It's me. You we're talking about me because I eat the bullshit. I, I mean, well, we I are the demographic. Yeah, we're the demographic for this. Yeah, because we're you know? from Valley. We eat the same foods. So I'll do like one day. I'll pick a day out of the week and I'll be like, all right, for this day, I'm not going to eat anything but you know. Um, vegetables or, or vegan type or whatever, but I can't change. I say I can't, but I don't want to change that drastic. You know, I don't, right. and I, don't, I don't think, I mean, you have to necessarily lose your, you know, food culture at home in terms of flavors and taste and things like that. I think it's slowly swapping out certain things, the vegetable oils or, you know, oils that you cook with or, you know, adding a little bit of more vegetables to your meals um, so, I mean, I don't think you completely have to lose. Where can, where can our viewers link up with you or see some of, do you have like content or a page where people can go and look at, you know, what it is that so you I'm, recommend? Yeah. Well, I'm on Instagram as Melissa at Melissa NTP. Nutritional NTP. Therapy Practitioner, stands okay. for Nutritional Therapy Practitioner. Um, and then my website, melissagauna.com, or, um, because I work a lot with digestive disorders, so it's Heal Your Gut, Love Your Body. Okay. Heal Your Gut, women. Love Your Body. Yeah, a lot of women who are going around with gas and bloating and they feel real gross. Oh my so it's God. like, love your body. I'm not even going to say it because I'll get home <laughs> to a bunch of shit. But, Literally. But, <laughs> but my wife and my daughter always have, you know, they're always complaining about their, you know, I, right. I haven't pooped in three days, you know, and, and or they'll eat and they'll just be belching, you know, and, and just like yeah. burping and they're always having issues with their stomach. I'm like, man, what it's goes so into me comes prevalent. out and it's just like. So Why prevalent. are you guys struggling with this? You know, God, God knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> Everything should be working in there, man. Like, what's, right. Why but, are you struggling you know, obviously, to... Obviously, I mean, yeah, that's another issue. But, yeah, food choices comes down to, yeah. I mean, not only food choices, and but, my, you know, my, my little girl, and gallbladder issues. And she goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, you're eating too much junk food. Quit yeah. the fried food, quit the pizza, yeah, quit the, the burgers. Yeah, it's the bad fats that damage... The gallbladder, right? Gallbladder. Yeah, and so... You, you need that, so please, hopefully... No, you don't have to take that out any <laughs> Okay, well, there you go. You see, a, a good friend of my wife's had her gallbladder removed. And she was like, girl, just take it out. And you don't have to worry about it no more. And you just take a pill every day and you can eat whatever you want. And I'm thinking, yeah. that doesn't sound right. It That's compromises your ability to break down fats, fats. And she will struggle for the rest of her life. For <laughs> regulating her, she her weight. You know how many clients I have? 
big deals. Like, well, they told me that I could just take the gallbladder because mm-hmm. I didn't need it. But now it's like they struggle so much when they, you know, they feel nauseous. They their body's struggling to break down fats because that's where the bile is stored in the gallbladder, right? It's still produced in the liver, but it's it's stored in the gallbladder. Mm-hmm. And so if you remove the gallbladder, then that bile isn't as readily available. Wow. You know, I mean, it, of course, I'm sure some would argue, but I've seen way too many people struggle with. And all of this is a is a direct reflection of what we put into our bodies, right? And it was you eating. know due to you know these fake fats, fake cheeses, you know all these you know processed wow. foods, oils, fried foods. I mean, well, Melissa, it's been a very, very, uh, very insightful yeah. podcast. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sure I don't know if I'm excited ex- or scared. I'm pretty. <laughs> That's why I asked you. You wanted to scratch the surface? Yeah. I wasn't sure what you were expecting, but um, I do feel like these are all things that we need to address because are we even asking the right questions? And by the way, I'm just curious because, you know, the obesity rates here in the Valley, they they claim is due to culture, but Mexico borders the U.S. Oh, that's a good, that's something. California, Arizona. Do yeah. they? I mean, I don't know. Has anybody looked into it? Do they have similar interesting, rates? or are mm. we just the perfect storm Brewing, of yeah. all kinds of stuff? That's yeah, you know. it's it's interesting. There's what 1.3 million people in the valley, and then 2.7 million collectively that are coming in and out all the time. So that's right. a ton of people. It's a lot of people. Yeah. So anyway, just that was my point. Is, are we asking the right questions? It was so insightful and fun having you on, Melissa. Thank you for being with us today. Oh. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. We'll see you on the next sesh. Bye.